What are you doing in Philly Monday? You're running, you're announcing you're running as an independent. Are you trying to trick me? It's a surprise what I'm announcing. Oh, your own people leaked it. Like everybody knows. You think I'm no, going to walk into that trap? There's no line to, to read between because the page is blank. I mean, come on. This is no bullshit news. Just make me, just tell me. Forget about it. Just whisper. Come to Philly. Go Philly. <laughs> I need my speech. For fuck's sake, Bobby, whoever told you to do the Rocky Balboa bit, no. And put your speech in your pocket. Live from downtown Detroit, it's No BS News Hour with my main man, Tony Live from downtown Detroit, it's the No Bullshit News Hour with Charlie LaDuff. Na, 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 no bullshit! Just a breaking news. Dub or bullshit. Dub or bullshit. American Coney Island, Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant. And you know who used to eat here? Coleman Young and Bill Bonds. message of Uplift is brought to you by business and personal wealth advisor Luke Nowacki, who reminds you that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but never enter the kingdom of God? But while you're waiting, Nowacki wants you to remember that overreaction is not a sound financial strategy. So call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 for sound financial advice. Hall Financial is putting more money in your pocket with our exclusive no-fee home loan. That's right, you pay no fees to Hall Financial. So in addition to our nearly 6,000 five-star reviews and our average nine-day turn time from application to close, you now pay no fees to Hall Financial. This is going to save you up to $2,500 in fees that you'd normally pay to the other guys. Start saving now, 866-CALL-HALL, or chat with us at callhallfirst.com. So coming up in the show, my day with RFK Jr. And he wanted to see Flint, and I take him to Flint. I'm not advocating for RFK Jr., but if you want to see how we live in Michigan, I took Anthony Bourdain around. I would take Trump, Biden. I would take Attila the Hunt if anybody wanted to help us here in the great state of Michigan. But first, the news that has just enveloped the world, uh, more than a thousand Israelis dead, a bloody, senseless terrorist attack coming out of the Gaza Strip by the terror group Hamas. A um, thousand Israelis that at least uh, the Israeli Defense Forces are amassing at the border as we speak. 27 Americans at this point are, are dead, 14 are missing. And to help us make sense for it is our guy from Michigan, um, former seven-term term congressman, uh, Mike Rogers, he was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and is the Republican candidate for United States Senate. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? Uh, yeah. The world's on fire, bro. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is. For 
And we need serious people. We need absolute serious people. So I was thinking, who do we get? Who can speak to this? You. Um, look, Mike, you were chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. That means that was the public oversight of the CIA, the NSA, all the intelligence communities. That's the guy right there. So, Mike, it's the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. How come nobody knew this? Was this a massive failure of intelligence, American, Israeli, or otherwise? Yeah, anytime you have a, 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 an attack like this, an extreme terrorist attack that is successful, it's a failure of intelligence. There's no other way to look at it. Uh, but let, let me walk through how I think they got here. So what happened over time uh, was that the uh, Hamas leadership was basically telling the Israelis, listen, if we have these kind of economic visas, if you will, to come across the Gaza uh, border into Israel to work, where, where people can get work and send money back, uh, we'll start to you know, lower the temperature. Because remember, in 21, there was a, a mix-up and they didn't fare very well, Hamas. Uh, with the Israelis. And so uh, they took this tone of, hey, we're going to be, this is about reconciliation, we're going to do more. They intercepted conversations where senior leaders were basically saying, hey, you know, we're, we, this, we like this, we're not going to, we don't want to pick on the Israelis, didn't go well for us the last go-round. All of these things were happening. Uh, and what I believe happened is that the intelligence service, the defense services started to believe it. They started to believe, yeah, this is exactly right. Nobody wants to mess with it. As a matter of fact, they have a very senior uh, IDF uh, official, Israeli Defense Force uh, military officer, about a month before this, saying, hey, they just don't want to mess with us, and we know that. And what was happening is they were taking troops away from that border and putting them other places where they had problems. And so, yes, they didn't get the signals of collection that said, hey, we're getting ready to do something uh, in a way that was meaningful. That was a failure. Yes, I think they fell for a massive disinformation campaign. All of this, by the way, aided by Iran. I don't know why we're dancing around this. It's pretty clear to me. Uh, and, and then uh, when they actually breached the fence, uh, they were so strategic in the places that they hit that would allow uh, lack of communication for uh, Israeli uh, troops all along the, the Gaza border. I mean, it was very effective, created this confusion. And you had, Basically, Israeli soldiers not knowing what to do. Their, their commanders weren't around. It was, it was a mess. So you had this perfect storm. Uh, and again, all of this, the nation state allows you to not uh, use certain types of electronic equipment uh, to have conversations. Uh, you know, the lack of human sources, all of that tell me, yep, yes, it was a failure. We're going to have to go back and look at why. But I think disinformation was a major part of this as well. My God. Look, you came to Congress in 2001, and I was standing at ground zero in 2001. And all these many years later, all the apparatus we put in place, and it was a failure. We created an apparatus, and we turned it on ourselves. And it was created to prohibit events like this happening. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that that was already there prior to that. Some of the apparatus we created was, was supposed to allow better communication amongst the agencies. Uh, but something happened here, too. Our, and I, you, you bring up a good point. Did our intelligence services fail as well? And I'd argue, it's hard to argue, not, not right? When you have this big of an event, it's pretty hard to argue they were successful, uh, uh, mm. you know, with, with this level of brutality. 
And you know, all of those folks were told before they went in that they're going to commit this brutality. Think of the operational security of that. Somebody, nobody picked up the phone. Nobody sent an email. Nobody went and told their sister who you know, has a friend in Israel. None of that happened. Uh, this took a while to plan. And so that, you're right, that part, man, that, I, I, if I were chairman today, there would be a lot of hard questions they're going to have to answer in the very near future. And we don't. We want to make sure we're not lulled into the same sleep here at home. Hey, we're going to get to all of that. But why do you think, why now? Why did Hamas strike now? Well, if you look at the rest of the world, there seems to be chaos. The, the world believes that America is in decline. We know that because that's what they tell each other. Uh, and the Chinese try to promote that. The Russians try to promote that. The Iranians try to promote that. Yep, America's in decline. They, uh, Afghanistan showed them that we would just pick up and leave our allies. And by the way, they market that. To, to Middle Eastern countries, to terrorist groups, to our friends, our, uh, our adversaries, everyone, to say, see, this is who America is. They'll just pick up in the middle of the night and run. By the way, they abandoned women, allies, friends, uh, even Americans were on the ground in Afghanistan. They just don't care. They wanted to quit and they left. But does All this make America susceptible? Signal. Does this increase our, our, our risk overall, that, that whole perception, that conversation? Is this an early signal that we should be on heightened alert? Absolutely. Because what we've done is we've signaled to our adversaries that uh, we just we, that we are uh, in, in decline, if you will, that we are pulling back, uh, that Americans are self-absorbed, right? That's what the Chinese have been saying for years, that we'll, we'll beat the Americans because they're self-absorbed. Well, the rest of the countries know that, and they know if we can destabilize these things, they're going to do it. And so I think that that is exactly why they did it now. I mean, they're the same reason that uh, Russia went into the Donbass, went into the Biden administration. Is uh, they sent signals that hey, listen, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not going to do much. Uh, and they, you know, China is now rattling its saber. Why? Because they believe we won't do much. And look, look at, go. look at, look at how it's all, look how it's all connected, Mike. Okay, you say uh, there's a connection to Iran, without a doubt. You say I want you to explain why. And is this a proxy war, Israel for the United States, uh, Lebanon perhaps, Hezbollah coming, um, Fatah, Hamas, you see what I'm saying? How's it, did, did Iran encourage us and light this candle? And how do you know that? I, well, I mean, from my past uh, access to information, I can tell you they're very, very, Iran is very active in something like 16 proxy groups, terror groups around the Middle East region. You know, the Houthis in Yemen who also are attacking the Saudis. Uh, certainly Hamas and Hezbollah in, uh, uh, in and around Israel. The Islamic Jihad. Uh, they also have the Shia militias, militias in Iraq that are trying to destabilize Iraq. They have the same kinds of things and groups that they're supporting in Afghanistan. All terrorist groups, all designed to bring chaos, all designed to be uh, destabilizing. And so we know that they do that. And I can say that I've been in the cyberspace for a while, and I have uh, a good friend that runs uh, cyber operations for disinformation campaigns. Um, and he is exceptionally good uh, at kind of mapping out where these disinformation campaigns come from in social media. 
Um, and guess what? He's basically saying this is all coming out of Iran. So I use all my old reference points. I use this new bit of technology reference point and say, I, you know, we, we know this is what they do. We know this is how they operate. This wouldn't be inconsistent. Of course, Iran was in. And by the way, Hamas themselves said, yeah, they gave us the thumbs up. Uh, you know, and why did they have to ask Iran? Because they get money and weapons training from Iran. And so I think we're fooling ourselves and sticking our head in the sand if we don't think Iran is, was all over this. Let me go a little bit bigger. What about Russia? Russia uh, is linked. Uh, the drones that are being used in the Ukraine by Russia are built in Iran. Is there a component there? Hey, we spin some disorder, distract the Americans weakens us in Ukraine. Is there a grand scheme in your opinion? Yeah, I certainly haven't seen anything that would indicate that, but I also haven't seen anything that would indicate that they wouldn't love for this to happen either. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's in there, it's in Russia's best interest to have this happen now. Certainly it's going to take uh, a lot of time for the United States to try to make sure that Israel is, is well positioned to defend itself from further attacks from Hezbollah, by the way. And we know the Russians are in Syria. Uh, right. Uh, they've been there for a while, and they haven't been our friends. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, you have to remember, all of these bad actors are all in this region. It, does, would, it would be surprising if there weren't conversations. It wouldn't be uh, shocking to me. If that Thank you happening. very much. So now this begs the question, we're in two wars. <laughs> we don't have the money for two wars, Mike. What's, what's the answer here? Just keep borrowing? It's a big deal. That's going well, to be a big thing during the election. And you want to be the United States senator. And I had Bobby Kennedy here. And he couldn't, he couldn't tell me about money. And money is why blood spills. Well, I'm not sure what you mean by the last comment. But I will talk about the, the structure. We have to restructure the size and scope of government. It is too big. Uh, we can't continue to expand... Uh, programs that we cannot pay for. So you're absolutely right. We're borrowing money and spending money, and that's also causing inflation, which is causing people to pay $700 more per month in groceries and gasoline. And by the way, the gasoline part's going to get ready to go up, and likely food costs as well. Boom. And so all of that borrowing, all of that spending, I mean, the president just came out and said, hey, you know, you guys that uh, signed up for student loans, ah, you don't have to pay those back. Uh, you know, I, 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 ho I hope they come back to mine and get my money back. If you think about what they're doing, they're just it's trying to get as much money out the door to voting populations around the country before the 2024 election. And it's it's killing us. It's actually killing these families financially uh, each and every month. The government is just too big. The largest growth in the Department of Defense is civilian uh, infrastructure in the Pentagon. We don't like, need it. We keep, we keep hearing that. We've, we've heard that for decades. We keep hearing government is too big. We keep hearing that we have programs that we can't afford. We see programs that don't work to provide the assistance or support to people to help them to become independent. What has to happen in order for government to be downsized for that so that it's manageable and, and, and effective? Is, is it even realistic or is that just a, a, a good campaign statement? No, I think it, well, it, it better be realistic or we're all going to get in trouble. I mean, we're going to be in big trouble. You can't, this is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And, you know, the fighting over uh, spending is, is a good fight to have, but we have to have a fight over restructuring. If we don't restructure the government and add technology, it has to be smaller. It needs to be more efficient. You need to have less people, and it still needs to perform whatever the necessary tasks of government are. And, so and I, you, and I don't I, think Ukraine can be a bottomless pit.
It just can't be a bottomless pit. The amount of money we've sent to Ukraine. Can't write a blank check. I agree with that. Okay. So now look. And, and the president, by the way, should have to come to Congress and explain to them where this money is going, how they're accounting for it, and what the plan is. Thank you. They've never done that. Thank you. They've That's all I want. I'm not, I'm not a, a Putin apologist. I want. We're dying out here. Now, let, let me go here. Hamas is a terror group. That's it. There's no discussion there. They committed war crimes here. There's that's not even up for discussion. But they were not elected. They haven't had a, an election in Gaza. What? You're you're the guy. 2006, 2005, right? Same in the West Bank. Something like that. This is not the Palestinian people's government. They just committed atrocities. I guess the big question is. Looking at the Israelis and what was the horror that was just committed upon them, this two-state solution thing that I've been taught to strive for since I was a boy around here, that's, that's done. The Israelis are not interested in negotiating two-state solution in, any, in the near future, do you think? No. Nah, I, I think well, they're going to... Hey, honest, man. Thank you, dude. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've got one focus right now, and that is to uh, eliminate uh, Hamas. You have to dismantle it completely. You know, they've always played around the edges. They've uh, those kinds of things. Um, they're going to. Th this is why this invasion that they're planning is. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be awful. But the only way to stop this kind of thing from happening again is complete dismantlement. You can't. It shows you you cannot trust a terrorist organization to be in charge like the Taliban in uh, Afghanistan, by the way. Uh, and you cannot uh, count on them to be truthful about what their intentions are. And so, you know, you know Israel has been relatively restrained over this time. I mean, think about it. In 2021, you know, there was a little dust-up then, yeah. too. That, that no, but that's, this is different. This is not a dust-up. Yeah, right? this is very different. This oh, is this very is horrible. different. They, this is an all-out assault. They brutally slaughtered This is the worst thing since the Holocaust. Well, yes, and 9-11, uh, you can add, lump them all in. I mean, this was directly targeted at civilians. That is terrorism at its worst. And then they upped the ante by the sheer brutality of what they were doing. I mean, decapitation, shooting people in the back, uh, raping women in their homes. I mean, uh, that's the, those images are disturbing. But I, I, they should be seen. need to see this. Yeah, they should be seen. They should be seen to know what you're what, dealing with. Who these people are and what they've done. And Listen, to have anyone in the country to say, well, you know, there's different. No, there is no room for tolerating this kind of terrorist brutality. None. I don't care where you're at. You can still be a proud Palestinian. You don't have to condemn, uh, condone this. Uh, we're speaking with Mike Rogers, a Republican candidate for United States Senate in Michigan, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Mike, the Hamas leadership rules in uh, absentia. So why are we letting Turkey harbor Hamas's leadership when Turkey is a member of NATO? Well, we have some other Middle countries where they're, I think the head of it uh, is, is in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken. Um, listen, we're just going to have to start having really hard conversations with uh, some of our friends, uh, Turkey included. Um, and some would say you use the term loosely. We are going to have to start having a conversation where we put Americans' interests up front in all of these conversations. Uh, like, we're not going to tolerate that. 
you need to decide. Do you really want to be a member of NATO? Uh, or if you want to try to be uh, a, a country that offers destabilization uh, opportunities where you find them. We have to change that calculus. I mean, and this should be the moment where we kind of come back up and say, okay, we're going to rally around this notion. We have to be engaged. doesn't mean we have to be entangled. And so being engaged means we're not going to allow terrorists to do these kinds of things because guess what? They also want to do this to us. Some notion they just want to kill uh, uh, Jews in Israel is wrong. I mean, yes, they want to do that desperately. But if you remember, in the in the hours that passed, it was death to Israel, death to America. Uh, and so we have to up our guard. You know, you can't have an open border and expect uh, something bad's not going to happen when you see this kind of activity. And remember, they had negotiated Hamas negotiated these civilian uh, visa work visas uh, to come into Israel. Over the same time, all this time, they were saying, right. no, 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 we're not going to do anything. We're not going to work for me. So I just think we have to step back and go, listen, security is really important. Let's get that piece right. Let's. I want to get to that. I want to get to that in a minute yeah. here. But you said we need to start asking hard questions. Roll those up, Mark. Who in our leadership is going to ask the hard questions? Let me give you Lindsey Graham here for a quick minute. It's going to look like Tokyo and Berlin at the end of World War II when this is over to Iran. If this war escalates with Hezbollah, uh, we're all going to come after you. I would bomb Iran's oil infrastructure. The money financing terrorism comes from Iran. It's time for this terrorist state to pay a price for financing and supporting all this chaos. Yes, if you're the Iranians, if we're up to hey, me, this war escalates, I'm coming get after you. Give me Nikki Haley. This is not just an attack on Israel. This is an attack on America because they hate us just as much. Okay, I got to say this, Mike. This is as a citizen, a guy that's been to the, the, the theater of war. God has been around the planet. I don't need some high school simplistic bullshit like they hate us too. They didn't attack us. They attacked Israel, our ally, our family, our cousins. They did that. We got attacked on 9-11, and Israel was an ally, but they weren't out there like children saying, bomb it all, and uh, they hate us, so we should we start killing. We need some sober leadership, and I don't think I'm seeing it in Washington. It's a question. Do you? Yeah, yeah and I think we have to be careful not to be reactionary. I think that's really important. <sighs> Do I think Iran needs to pay a price? Yes, absolutely. How about stopping the ability for them to sell their oil. Remember in 2018, uh, the Trump administration put a uh, stop to all that mm -hmm. through sanctions, uh, and then Biden let it go. And so they're going to produce, think of this, they're going to produce more oil going into this next year than they did prior to 2018. That's cash money to do bad things. And so my argument is, yes, they should be held accountable, but not, not by you know flying B-52s over Tehran. Uh, but by going after their ability to raise cash. Uh, and, and there's other things we can do to disrupt their flow of commerce. They're moving money for, for terrorist activities. There's lots of, we have lots of options on the table. And I, I really don't believe rolling bombers is the right answer up front. Listen, if they attack us and they fire missiles at us, game on. Well, but, you know uh, what, you know what, Mike, that's a, really sober and important answer and i'm sorry because it's so sensible it's not going to go viral <laughs> so now nobody's <laughs> going to watch this because 
Yeah, rolling bombers is <laughs> it's not diplomacy. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, I was just thinking. So, is is a Trump 2024 uh, candidacy and and when necessary to for some of the some of these things to 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 be put back on track? Well, I mean, I will tell you. So, you look at a Trump the Trump policies uh, and the Biden policies, and I, you know, it's 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 very hard to argue which one worked better for America. Uh, we, we had we, a secure border. 401k was bigger. Uh, we didn't ask. have. Uh, nobody launched state. into Ukraine, right? Yeah. Um, I, we have. You just go right down this list. Matter of fact, if you, it's kind of interesting to me uh, that originally when Russia went into Crimea under Obama, and then they then they kind of stayed there. Uh, Trump was there. There's no invasion. Uh, Trump leaves office, and uh, and, and uh, Biden gets in. Guess what? We had invasion. We have an attack in Hamas. Um, the China's rattling its sabers and starting talking bad about the United States. Matter of fact, when we had a senior government official in Beijing, the president of China was just down the road giving a speech to its mili his military saying, prepare for war. Right? Is that that's true? Just, that's on, on, oh, yes. Though, no, that's absolutely true. President Xi uh, was doing that when uh, our uh, Secretary of Commerce, Raimondo, was uh, on the ground in Beijing. I think the Chinese are a backwater, actually. I, I think they're a backwater. They're, I don't think their weaponry system is great. Their chips are not great. Uh, they're trained by the Russian military. So I, I, I'm yeah, not can, so I, can I disagree with one thing? Their, their technology and Wait a minute, wait a minute. Really the, former, the former head of the intelligence committee is going to argue with me about foreign <laughs> policy? I think not. <laughs> Uh, look, let me give a shot at it. All right. I know I, I know I won't keep up with it, but let me take a shot at it. I've got a Bachelor the, of Arts. <laughs> the um, the uh, third largest nuclear arsenal and likely the most modern nuclear arsenal. Their Navy is now bigger than ours. They've actually are given us fits in technology. They're, they're, they're actually making space uh, a... Uh, a They've militarized space. Let me just put it that way. So we have to be careful now. Every now we have to rethink of how we protect our own satellites. We didn't have to do that ten years ago. We have to do it now. And so they control about, uh, according to the Australians, just released a really interesting report of the forty-four important technologies for our future economics and national security. The Chinese control thirty-seven of them. They are moving out, and I. I get worried where we just we would think that eh, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. And by the way, that modern nuclear arsenal is pointed at us, the United States of America, and they have been rattling their saber around the world. And what does the Biden administration do? Say, let's why don't we give one seventh of our economy to the Chinese Communist Party by mandating the kind of car you have to drive? Oh, and by the way, eighty-five percent of it has to come from China. I mean, we are—we have nothing as aligned, and China sees it; they know it, and they're going to take advantage of it. That's why I worry about it. Their cyber capabilities gotten a lot better, meaning they can turn your lights off if they want to in a big conflict. Uh, they're still stealing intellectual property like crazy. The FBI opens up a Chinese espionage case one every twelve hours in the United mm. States. Okay. We never saw that under the Soviets. Uh, not to that level. I promised your guy it would be a half an hour. So I'm going to drop all the politics out of here. Like, uh, forget Tlaib. You know, I, I think we know what you'd say. And 
forget Slotkin. We'll have you back to talk about the, the Senate race. This was too important. Just two last questions, concisely if you could. The southern border. I did a story. There's a guy, you know, he's of Lebanese origin, becomes a Venezuelan citizen, comes over with his family. He's on the terror watch list. Do we send him back? No. We send him to Dearborn with a bus ticket. How, how at risk are we with this wide open border? Very. You know, if you there was something like 160 people on the terrorist watch list that have come through the border that we know of. That those are the ones we know of. Uh, and when you look by country, uh, the Customs and Border Protection was listing all of these nations where we know that they've been talking about for years exporting terrorist activities, and these nations are pouring people across the border. So it's not. You know, Mexicans coming across the border, it's Pakistanis, it's, you can go right down the list, Mauritanians, all of these countries where we know that uh, terrorist activities have happened and those groups have expressed an interest in, in attacking the United States at some point. And so that means that these the groups, and this is not the country themselves doing this, this is these organizations within the country, it puts us at significant risk. And here's the thing, we don't even know who they are or where they are. I mean, no great country would just fling open its border and say, come on in. You want to talk about why 100,000 people died of overdoses because it came across the southern border. We can't control it. Same with people. Uh, here in Michigan, I don't know if you saw Sheriff Bouchard was talking about uh, these gangs, Venezuelan gangs, uh, hooking up with uh, MS-13, but really violent Central American gangs, and doing uh, organized uh, house uh, burglaries uh, in, in Oakland County. Right. This that lack of security on the border is causing real problems all over the country, including here in Michigan. And oh, by the way, as you pointed out, we don't know if you're on the terrorist watch list and you get here and you get a credit card and a hundred bucks in a hotel room. Really? This is the way we're doing this. Oh, fuck's this sake. Fuck's sake. What a mess. OK, last lastly, uh, uh, to your fellow human, fellow Americans, mm -hmm. I grew up in the Detroit area. We. Right, this is the Arab capital of the United States. There's a lot of Palestinians here, you know, Palestinian Americans. I know them, I grew up with them, they're my friends. What do you say to them at a time like this? Listen, I, I feel for the families who had nothing to do uh, with what the terrorist group Hamas did in Israel. Uh, you can be a Palestinian, uh, a loyal Palestinian. Uh, living in America and be proud of your heritage. Uh, but I think if we all stood up and condemned the terrorist activity, it's easier to move on from that. Remember, only place in the world really you can have Christians and Jews and uh, Shia Muslims, the Sunni Muslims, all living on the same block with their kids getting on the same buses going to school. That doesn't happen anywhere in the world. We don't want to import uh, trouble from overseas to disrupt that. Have your opinions. We feel for your families. What we hope for is once Hamas is gone, you will actually get people who want the best interests of the people of Gaza. Uh, and we can all be for that. And, you know, we should all, uh, all hope for those people's safety. And we should pray for that, that they're going to have that safety during a very, very difficult time. But I think we can't, it's not a good time to start trying to find the divides. And remember, there's a reason you came to the United States of America. Right, is to escape the some of the things that were happening back home, and this is where your opportunity is. Let's stand together as Americans on this, and we can get over and through almost anything if we do that. 
All right, Mike Rogers, the public candidate for the United States Senate in Michigan. Uh, we really thank you for cutting some time. I know it's a busy time for you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for your patience today. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, you got to, you know, my first thing is that I applaud anybody that takes time to come on, answer questions, tell us what they think and who they are in any capacity. So that's hmm. that's always a plus. I, I, the whole avoidance thing doesn't work for oh, me. Oh, you mean um, we, we asked. <laughs> Alyssa Slotkin, the, the congresswoman who moved again out of her district, we asked her to come. She ostensibly, if if he cleared the Republican primary, she cleared the Democratic primary, they'd, they'd right. be running for that seat. Um, you reached out and they wrote back and they said, with everything happening this week in the House and the offices work getting constituents out of Israel and the Palestinian territories, we're not able to accommodate, which I, I guess I understand, but... Um, <laughs> You're able to go in studio here with Jake Tamper? Deep statement. Well, first of all, I mean, I handle my issues with other members of Congress privately, right? I, okay, I have right. lots okay. of private conversations. <laughs> um, but I think uh, for me, yeah. it shouldn't be hard to condemn terrorists and terrorism. Okay. Right? So and that doesn't mean. Let's just remember those two. He was working the Intelligence Committee during Iraq. Abu Ghraib, the surge, uh, pulling our troops out, the rise of ISIS. So that would be an interesting matchup, especially with world events going on. I'd love now. to see a conversation or a debate between the two. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'd say a conversation because the debate is so formalized, but a way where we could dive into their responses and really extract some good stuff. And let's be honest. I mean, you're dodging. We're, yeah. Jay Tapper's not your people. We're your people. We're the voters but isn't that of Michigan. the MO around here, though, Charlie? It's the, at the MO. state level. I mean, you know, they go to CNN, they go to MNSBC. In, in, How are you going to deal with Hamas? You can't even look us in the eye. You can't even look us in the eye. Maybe it's our decor. Wimmer got hit, too, because look, we got a problem with people not not knowing who they are or what they think, because she got ripped October 7th, you know, the day of the massacre in Israel. She tweeted, quote, I've been in touch with communities impacted by what's happening in the region. It is abhorrent. My heart is with all those impacted. We need peace in this region. Sounds like she was doing some... It's a political dance, Charlie. It's like she was doing some put down your guns in East Detroit or something. Well, what region? What are you talking about? Where? But, but it's a political dance. and and she, so And she's trying to stay, stay off of the... Uh, what do you call it? The landmine. The landmine. Yep. Well, you know... I did hang out with another politician Ooh. last week, RFK Jr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bobby wanted to see Flint. And uh, um, my day with Bobby after these messages from our sponsors. Well, you know, when it rains, the power goes out. And when the power goes out, the Internet goes out. When the Internet goes out, I call my friend Matt and Bernie at XG Service Group. Look at Bernie here on his hands and knees, giving it everything he's got. Look at that man crack. So busy, he forgot to wear a belt. There's Matt right there getting the board together. That's 734-245-4100 if you need Matt and Bernie to come take care of your voiceover internet, your security cameras, off-campus access control, Wi-Fi and cameras for homes and business. They'll design it for you. You got restaurants, they do drive-through systems, railroad cameras for public safety, total wireless camera systems for your home and business. Yeah, that's right. Call XG Services at 734-245-4100. No BS News Hour brought to you by Legacy Partners Insurance. Do what we've all done here.
Call them, 586-209-4106. They will shop for a better insurance rate for you. You will pay less and get more coverage for your home, your car, your motorcycle, your camper, your vacation cottage, all of it. They'll even help you with life insurance and Medicare. Call Legacy Insurance, 586-209-4106. Have them wrap their arms around you. Be covered. Be safe. ADR Consultants experienced overseeing more than a quarter billion dollar in public and construction projects since the turn of the century. They're competent. If you want to reduce your costs and increase your bottom line, you want to cut the red tape, you're going to need somebody that knows how to navigate it. That would be ADR, Consultants in Procurement and Government Compliance and Information Technology. ADR, smart, get the job done right, on time, on budget, 248-318-9424. Call Barry Ellentuck for a free consultation. Feeling stressed out? Feeling a little bit anxious? Got trouble sleeping? You biting your nails? Try Next Evo Naturals, CBD-based. Stay well. The fall, the weather's changing, right? Maybe your mood is. Get yourself calm. CBD from Next Evo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com slash no BS and get 25% off and a free bottle of premium pure CBD. You can get their stress or sleep complexes. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash no BS. So, you know, Kennedy asked me if I could show him around Flint. I said, uh, sure. We spend a day. You want to see it? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I thought you were asking him, did he want to see it? I hope this is good. <laughs> we hired Mark's guy. Poor mope. Turns out a guy that hasn't shot film in 15 years. Nice, nice oh. recommendation, Mark. So uh, it'll show. I haven't. Mark all week is like, oh, I don't know, man. If I got it, it'll get good if I chop it, chop, chop, chop. I'm like, that just has the hallmarks. I'm an Academy Award. I I got to chop it till it's good. Never heard of that. Mark wouldn't send you somebody that wasn't good. No, he's he a nice guy. Yeah, but he wouldn't. But do Mark that. had to chop it. Editing is the key to a good piece, right? No, man. <laughs> And play it. America's Councilman Eric Mays, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., President of the United States, and the two best voices in politics. He was on the waterboard and tried to stop all this when the, the Legionnaires was going down. I went to him and we were trying to figure out what was going on with the health department. Like, that's the guy, whether he's a pain in the ass or not, does the people's work. He's the one guy, he, he was the guy who discovered that there was a provision in the local law that allowed him to declare a state of emergency. Allowed the mayor to declare a state of emergency. So he ran for mayor so that he could do it. And he ended up supporting the mayor who won. Uh, the three candidates, and as a result of his support, she agreed to do it. And we got the state of emergency here, which then made the EPA come in and the federal agencies, and they uncovered the scandal and the cover-up. I think it's a good thing I'm standing here with Mr. Kennedy. We all know the Kennedys, and so I like saying President Kennedy. All right, Eric Mays, thank you very much. You are a true small town hero. Can, can you two guys continue to guys sing Do Re Mi? Well, I want to. These political voices. With this voice, you don't. And with this voice, but what I want to hear him say, when I say President Kennedy, I just want to hear you say Councilman Mays. 
I'm, I'm going to be calling you. If you keep this up, I'm going to be calling you vice president. Uh, let me see here. Let me get these glasses. Oh, is that Julian Bond? No. Oh, that's Casey Casey. Casey. Oh, that's Casey Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in. He's from here. Oh, he is. Uh-huh. I made him an honorary laid-off worker. You know Bill Haley and the Comets are from Flint. Then I did a march from Buicks from Flint. Cam's from Flint. Eric Mays is from Flint. You dare me? Fucking Flint. The only unions, the two unions that went with my dad was one, the UAW. And the other one was the United Farm Workers, which was Cesar Chavez's union. So those were the two unions that supported my dad. And so I, for me, well, it was a it was a big thrill well, I'm a, to go walk on the picket line. I'm a retiree, worked for General Motors and the UAW for 30 years. I supported your dad then, and I support you now. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that if we stay strong, union, we always say solidarity, we'll make that. Two quick economic questions. Two quick economic questions. Yeah, One, yeah, Wall Street reacted favorably today that people's wages are losing ground. Your thoughts on that? You know what? We should live in a, in a country where you can do well for yourself by doing good for everybody else. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a good thing. If if uh, if the big bosses who are running out of the show run both the Republican and Democratic Party think it's a good thing if Americans have low wages. Do either of you men know the price of a gallon of milk? Good, because men don't drink milk. <laughs> America's royalty meets America's councilman. How cool was that? Vice President Eric Mays. <laughs> You know, he said to me, he goes, he goes, you always amaze me, man. You got a trick up your sleeve. But think about their voices. That you know, we we talked to 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 Mr. Kennedy when he was here, and we've talked to Eric Mays and the, their voices. You know, he's got the. Just think about that. I tried to get him to do Ebony and Ivory. Could you imagine if something like this, <laughs> Ebony and Ivory? Hey, it would have been great. Maybe they maybe they will on the campaign. We'll get trail. him. We'll get him back because apparently uh, he's. Bobby's thinking about vice presidential material. Eric Mays could be it. Um, just before we go, you know, I know it, it, this is hyper local, but it it affects six hundred thousand mm-hmm. people plus the Duggan's land tax. Yep. Right. Exactly. What happened? It, it stalled fifty fifty. It, it stalled what for the second time? So um, you need fifty six to get it through. 50- 56. Six. Okay, I thought it was 54. 54. That's where it was. So, yeah. Okay, we'll see. But this is the thing, though, Charlie. It's, but he couldn't get it through, so they pulled it. He couldn't it. get it through. They pulled it. Uh, Joe Tate said that they're going to you know, try to put it back um, next week. Who's Joe Tate? Speaker of the House. Yeah, most um, people won't know who. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And But it's interesting. Do radio, like political radio for like four yeah, years? Yeah, I did. But it's... <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know. You're right. <laughs> but this is an interesting thing, though. There's Democratic control right now in the state. Right. And Duggan can't get this through. That Everybody should pay close attention to that and what that means on the larger scale. So it, it 
died for a minute. Now he's, you know, you probably mm -hmm. got to, well, for lack of a better word, you got to go bribe some people and buy people's stake. You know, yeah. cheap politicians. Yeah. And, and they said they were looking at some trade-off votes. You know, okay, if we do this, what will, you know, you give us in return? That's, that's pretty normal. Uh, but I tried to watch some of the hearing for the Detroit City Council uh, on it, and it was painful. They, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, do we have that? So this thing goes down, and uh, you know, online publication, uh, you know, consolidates the news called mm -hmm. the Midwesterner. This is what they posted uh, when they pulled the vote off because it was introduced. I think it's important to say Tate, the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, right. Uh, couldn't get the votes, won't appear on the program. Mm -hmm. What's the woman that introduced it out of Detroit? Uh, Stephanie Young. Stephanie Young won't come on. Anybody attached to this won't come on here because I know. Uh, did you put it up, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I'll go back. Let me see. Where is it at there? Oh, you changed the board. Yeah, anyway. But but that's what everybody says. The only Look at what's that, that say. Read it, Mark. What's it say? because we can't see it. It says, Leduff wins. Dems pull vote oh. to change property tax <laughs> to benefit developers. And Duggan's going to try to bring it back. Hmm. He does some cajoling, right? But I will say this. A few lawmakers have asked me, going, what's going on with this? Because that's funny. Democratic mm -hmm. House. Mm -hmm. Democratic Speaker from Detroit. This only affects Detroit. Right. over five, Population and, over 500,000. And they can't get it through. So I would say to any politician in Detroit, or Lansing, who's uncertain about Mayor Mike Duggan's so-called, what's it called now? Land. Land equity. Equity tax. Right. They changed the name. Right. Okay. Here's my estimation. It's a disaster. And here's a few things you should know. It will cause an immediate $40 million shortfall in Detroit's budget, according to the city's own tax assessor. And Detroit can't afford ambulance mm -hmm. as it is. Some homeowners' taxes will go down while others will go up. The billionaires who own the empty skyscrapers will be the biggest winners here. Mm -hmm. They're the ones quietly paying for the plan. Any downtown small business owner will lose because they will jack your taxes up because it's only now based on your land. Developers and gentrifiers will pay <laughs> no taxes on the future structures they build on the vacant land, thus putting the tax burden on longtime Detroit homeowners, such as yourself, Karen. Yep. Only 20 local taxing jurisdictions in America out of 90,000 use this tax scheme, and it doesn't work. The total combined population of those 20 jurisdictions across America is less than that of Detroit. Every expert I've spoken with, we've spoken with on this show, whether they be liberals, conservatives, or Marxists, think this is a bad deal for the people. And remember, the legislation was quietly changed to include only the city of Detroit because the suburbs ain't going mm -hmm. for this. And as every Michiganian knows, if Detroit can't make its bills, then the dollars come out of the pockets of everybody else. Buses, schools, zoo, road, schools, and on and on. So I say vote no 
on the rich man's tax scam. Yep. But, you know, this is the thing, Charlie. They pull out the little old black lady in the neighborhood and, you know, they're going to put a commercial on Channel 10 and, you know, some of the local stations. And she says, oh, you know, I really believe this is going to I need my taxes down. You know, the whole pull your heartstrings without any facts. So don't believe the hype. Don't believe the heart pull. It's not there. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, uh, Mike Rogers. Thank you, Robert Kennedy. And uh, Red will rework that and get it on next week. So, oh, and it's coming. The atomic bomb, I promised you. I'm waiting for that return call for the statement, Madam Attorney General Nessel. It's not good. Tune in next week.